More and more today, people are looking at their affairs to make sure it's in order in case anything happens. So in today's show, we're going to talk about estate planning and some tips for you to consider. We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am I, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you along. It's Your Finances Untangled with Mo Param of Cloudvestors. Cloudvestors is a fiduciary firm, a firm that is recommended nationally by Dave Ramsey, a firm that's helped so many people, and they really like the uh, the human touch, but with the ease of virtual planning. And, you know, virtual uh, financial uh, coaching and planning and even that accountability in your financial life. It's always good to have some form of accountability. Uh, Mo, I think you would agree with that in many ways, whether you're in the I gym do. or wherever, right? Yeah, having someone to keep you accountable, uh, making sure they push you, um, and, and just make sure that you know someone – it's basically a partner, right? Having a partner mm-hmm. side-by-side side with you, like you said, whether it's in the gym, whether it's at work – or the complexities of financial planning. So, you know, having that person or that team to help you goes a long way. Cloudvestors is with you throughout your financial planning life, too, uh, from when you start out working, even, until you retire, and even in retirement, uh, they can help you out. Cloudvestors.com. All right, we've talked about estate planning in, in the past. We've talked about the fact that estate planning is not just for the, uh, the ultra-wealthy We've talked about the fact that everybody needs some form of estate planning. If I remember correctly, when we last talked about it, we did determine that the guy whose only possessions was an ironing board and a toaster (laughs) probably didn't need estate planning. But even he does. Even he does. Yeah, yeah. you know, that that ironing board could be very, it could be an antique. (laughs) Right. It could be something from the uh, 70s. He may want to make sure he goes to the right person. Exactly. I mean, it is important. You know, I've read anywhere from 50 to 60% of Americans. And a matter of fact, this is one from AARP.org. 60% of Americans lack a will or estate planning. That's a high number. Oh, I I would probably say it's even higher than that. Oh, Uh, wow. yeah, you'd be surprised, right? I mean, yeah. sometimes, especially with a will, because a will is, you know, you, you have to, it's it's basically a realization, right? That at some point in, in your world, you will pass away, right? So mm-hmm. you have to come to the realization and accept your mortality. And that's a conversation that no one really wants to have, right? And that's a conversation we don't want to have with our clients, right? Because it's, it's a sombering conversation. It's a, in some aspects, it could be a depressing conversation, but it's a, it's a conversation that is needed if you're going to do true financial planning. So, yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that most people don't have a will, but it, it's surprising. I won't say surprising, but some people may be surprised that they're actually doing some form of estate planning without them even realizing. Right. You know, right. so if you have like a life insurance policy and you've named a beneficiary, well, that's some form go. of estate planning, right? Mm-hmm. You've named someone who's going to benefit from this policy if you were to pass away. So even those little small things like that is is estate planning. 
So, and we know then it's not just for the uber wealthy, it's for everyone. And you may have it, not even be aware of it, but it is alarming how many people really don't. And so we're going to look at how necessary it is. And it'll be interesting to look down the road at how many people the last 17 months did take a second look or think about, oh, I do need to just get it straight. Not, you know, just in case, just I, I think we're thinking about it more because of what we've been through. Well, yeah, I mean, I think over the last, what is it now, 18 months or so, yeah. someone, I'm sure everyone knows someone that's been impacted by COVID, right? Whether it's they've actually were sick or, you know, unfortunately passed away or somewhere in between. Right. So, um, you know, these these times are unprecedented, but it also is a time for reflection and making sure that we never know, right? We never know when that time is going to come, but it's going to come at some point. And if you have your, uh, if you have your affairs in order early, the earlier you do it, the, well, first of all, the earlier you do it, right. You can check it off your list and then don't have to worry about it unless something material changes in your life. Yeah. But then again, if it, it, it's sometimes it's even, it's even for the next generation, right. It's for the persons or people or organizations that, uh, that you'll leave behind, right? And and just doing this part of your financial planning will just cause, you know, just makes things so much smoother, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just, I've seen a lot of headaches where, you know, uh, uh, a surviving spouse or kids are scrambling around trying to find, you know, uh, grandma's assets or, you know, finding a login to dad's um, computer so they can figure out what's going on with the bills or, you know, who to contact, wh- which lawyer did he choose? Who's his financial, who's a family's financial planner? Cause you'd be surprised how many spouses aren't even involved in the planning conversation. So yeah. Who is yeah, that guy doing- he talked about dealing with? I, <laughs> what did he say his name was? Uh, Herman yeah, somebody. Remind- I don't know. Reminds me of that, but that State Farm, Jake from State Farm. Yeah, and the, the, wife, the wife sees him calling at someone late night. She's like, "Who are you talking to?" You know. Uh, but you'd be surprised. I mean, we, we have meetings, and it's uh, not to be uh, uh, sexist, but you know, a lot of the conversations we have with men sometimes, if they're married, the spouses aren't aren't included in the conversation, and it's not because of us. It's because you know sometimes the men. Uh, the male will lead the financial conversations or the discussions in the household and they take lead in in that part of their of their world so we encourage you know from the get-go that you know throughout the uh, uh, the courting process to see if we're a good fit for them you want to make sure that the spouses are involved one way or another that they know who we are they don't have to be involved in every single conversation right but we want to know who they are, but more importantly, we want them to know who we are. So in case anything happens, they know who to contact. Is that commercial you talked about, is that one where when the the wife grabs the phone, she says, well, what are you wearing? And he's like, uh, khakis? <laughs> khakis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Mm. Well, in looking at this then, uh, and of course, this does change. it can change over time, as you said, for many reasons. One is you may need to add on to your estate plan. But the, the starting point would be what kind of estate plan do I need? What, what do I need covered right now? That's a good starting point, isn't it? That is a good starting point. So I'd say the first thing you want to do is is jot down a list of your of your assets, right? And this this is this is huge. One for your own self for your self education, right? But this 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 
spreadsheet or document that you create will make it easier for your surviving spouse or children to to know which accounts are in existence. You know, I would include, you know, your 401ks, IRAs, uh, bank statements, right? Credit cards, even if it's liabilities, right? Um uh, and also passwords, right? Passwords to oh, accounts. Gosh, yes. Now you you want to have all of that in one space, right? You want to uh, protect it somewhere, you know, put it in the cloud, password, protect the file, whatever it may be. But you want to have a directory, a a a uh, you know, kind of a go to document just in case if anything happens, uh, your family knows. Okay, here's the assets, here's the liabilities, here's the debt, here's the websites, here's the passwords that we need to go to in order to to, to view your accounts, right? Um, you know, because you are the ones who are, you, you know, you're the one who created the passwords, you created the usernames, and if you're not sharing that with someone else, it's it's hard for institutions to to reveal any information, especially if there's not a uh, uh, if you don't have a financial interest in the in the in the accounts, right? Just just because because you're a named beneficiary of a life insurance policy, for instance, and someone passes away, it doesn't preclude the life insurance company to release information, right? So you just have to have more information to provide them. And having this this document, right? That's going to evolve and change over time as more assets get built, more liabilities go away. But you want to make sure that that direct theory, that 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 master spreadsheet is taken care of. Suppose the deceased had left a, a, a almost like a treasure map for his <laughs> ancestors to find where I keep my passwords locked in a vault buried in the backyard. And here's the map to lead you to it. And they get to it and dig the hole. Here it is. Here are his passwords. And they open up the vault and it's three passwords. One is just password. The other is when he had to have an uppercase, it's password with an uppercase P. And the other is where he had to have another character. So it's uppercase P password with exclamation point. <laughs> do you think they'd be mad? Uh, I think they'd be. Where do you off. store yours? I mean, I didn't know. That's probably a dumb question. But I mean, I've got a place where I do have a place where i mean in other words i used to jot them down and say oh i'll remember that whatever i don't do that anymore because now we have to have so many yeah yeah i mean there's there's uh you know there's some 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 um what do you call it some sites that you can go to like uh, like LastPass, for instance LastPass is a uh, it's not considered an app but it's an add-on if you want to call it to your browser where you can actually store all your passwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know your, on your iPhone, for instance, there's a keychain so that, that, that stores all your passwords. So, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of cloud storages. There's, you know, if you wanted to get a, a uh, what do you call it? Like a external hard drive, yeah. right? And have it at your house. I have multiple copies elsewhere. Um, but then share it, right? But then share it with your spouse or share it with, you know, sure someone somebody you trust. knows. Yeah. Someone knows, right? Well, even if it's crazy trying to figure that out, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if it's worst case scenario, you're writing it down in a notebook and pen and pad, you know, at least someone, uh, at least it's there, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to overcomplicate it, but at least it's there and you've shared it with someone. Let's cover something that young adults would deal with, and that is when they have children, uh, if something were to happen to them, uh, who who's going to be the guardian? I mean, I know I went through that. Um, you know, we all have I mean, parents. Uh, they figure out 
who is the most responsible in the family if something happened to, to us at mm-hmm. the same time? Yeah, yeah, you want to name the guardian. And if you have a will, you know, that's a, well, first of all, that's the first take. You know, if, you, if you're starting a family, you definitely want to have a will in place. And in the will, you can name your guardian. But uh, if anything, if you just want to know, if you, if you don't have a will yet, you definitely want to name a guardian for who's going to be responsible, responsible, legally responsible for the upbringing of your children. So you, you could pick someone within the family, you know, brother, sister, parents, uh, best friend, you know, someone that you feel would, would, would really be a positive influence and can really raise their, raise your kids. You also want to let them know that, right? You don't want that. You don't want it to be a surprise or a shock to them. Uh, that if you pass away, that they're all of a sudden inheriting these uh, two kids, three kids, four kids, whatever it may be. But <laughs> you, yeah, you, de- <laughs> you definitely want to let them know. You definitely want to let them know. But th- that's that's a, that's another thing, right? Some, you know, the natural instincts is well, if you know, what's the likelihood of both of us passing away at the same time or within the time frame of both uh, our children being minors, right? So something that's again that's overlooked, but it shouldn't be. Because, again, you just want to make sure that if anything happens, that your wishes are taking or are being fulfilled, because especially with the guardianship. Right. Because, you know, you have two parents and, you know, so essentially you have two sets of grandparents. Mm-hmm. What if one grandparent wants to raise the kids? The, but the other ones, what if both sets of grandparents want to raise the kids mm-hmm. right? without that instruction in place? There could be a little bit of a fighting. Going, fight right. Going on. Exactly. Right. You need to get what it straight. Grandparents live in different states, right? Do you want your kids to to move from school, or do you like the the school system that they're in, the friends that they have in the in their surrounding mm-hmm. areas, and then all of a sudden they have to pack up and move to Boston or L.A. Mm-hmm. or Mississippi, wherever it may be, right? So again, uh, and then you may have a brother or sister say, "Well, you know what? You know, mom is too old. She can't she can't run around watching." you know, uh, your five-year-old daughter, uh, my five-year-old niece or my five-year-old nephew. So I want to take care of them. And then all of a sudden you have all these hands in the, in the pot that are, you know, trying to do the best thing, right. Trying to do something that's, that's, uh, uh, that they feel obligated to do, which is always a great thing. I mean, they want to take care of your kids, but it could lead to some, you know, ugly conversations and delay, right. It could just be delayed, um, uh, so again, having the conversation, having the document in place would just uh, alleviate all of that stress. And let's say, and your and your parent, both uh, both spouses, parents could could be dead, so it could be a sibling or whatever. But let's say whoever you name as the guardian, you let them know they agree to it, and then you invite them for dinner one night a few years later, and they show up with like tin foil on their head, and they say it's protecting them from being abducted by aliens. <laughs> And then you you can go back to the drawing board and change that guardian. Yes, right? yes, yes. You, yes, you. That's why estate planning is living and breathing, right? So if all of a sudden they start, you know, uh, tinsel tin foil on their head, you just <laughs> grab that grab that paper, just erase their name, you know, initial it, and, and move on to the next. It really, I mean, is it that simple? You don't need to. You can just line it out and initial it. <laughs> Well, you, you want to have it in a legal document, right? So again, in the will, the will is, the will is a great place for everyone to, to go to, you know, wills can be, um, uh, a protest. It was one before they can be contested, but you know, the, the, it, you have a stronger fault. You have a stronger hold on your instructions when they're 
you know, when it's written down in a will, signed by witnesses, right. drafted by an attorney, you know, in your own, uh, you, you know, s- assuming that you're in, in good mind and will, you have that all squared away on the document. So, yeah, better to, to you know, make it make absolutely sure, because that, that's really a big thing as opposed mm-hmm. to just lining it out. Well, now let's look at beneficiaries, because that's something you definitely need to designate. Yes. So beneficiaries. So. For all of your accounts, as you should you should have a for all your investment accounts and insurance accounts, you want to have a beneficiary in place, right? You can mix them up if you want, but again, you want to have the beneficiaries in place. Uh, life insurance, you may want to have your spouse in place, or uh, uh, you know the custodian of your kids, right? I mean, the custodian of your kids, the guardians of your kids. Maybe that's who you're going to name as the as a beneficiary for your insurance policy. Your retirement accounts, right? You want to you want to make sure that you have your retirement accounts all squared away with the beneficiary involved. Uh, you know, actually, with with uh, the Secure Act of 2020, you also want to make sure that you you're aware of some of the consequences of leaving retirement accounts to non-spouses, right? So if you name your son as the beneficiary, your daughter as the beneficiary to your retirement account, your IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, whatever it may be, when they inherit that, that, that account, now they have 10 years where they have to make the distributions from those accounts. They have to liquidate that account within 10 years. And so that can be a, a tax burden for them, uh, uh, but you also just want to make sure that you do some estate planning on that. Maybe instead of naming the child, you name a, your trust or your will, and maybe that can do a little bit of a, uh, you know, avoidance or, or uh, distributing those assets and stretching those assets even, even more. Right. So that's that's one thing that changed last year. It kind of flew right. under the radar because it, it was it was passed in the beginning of the year in January. Then COVID hit. Right. You know that took over the mainstream news. Mm-hmm. But the stretch IRA has been eliminated. So, again, if you name a non-spouse as a beneficiary for your retirement accounts, they have, once they inherit it, they have 10 years to liquidate that account. And stay tuned. There's more to come because, as we've talked about, Secure Act 2.0 is working its way through. Although I haven't heard much about it lately, but uh, if there are any changes, Mo will keep you up on this podcast. That I feel sure of. (laughs) There's more to come and what you should consider in your estate planning on the podcast, Your Finances Untangled. How can you enjoy the best of both worlds in your financial planning? The convenience of a virtual relationship with your advisor, but also maintaining the human touch. That's Cloud Vesters. That's cloudvesters.com. They're an endorsed Dave Ramsey Smart Vester. That's a relationship you can trust. At Cloud Vesters, you get a personal relationship with one of the team advisors who will help you build a robust investment strategy. It's all about specific, customized planning for your unique situation and for wherever you are in life, whether you're just starting out or getting close to retirement. Holistic financial planning in all areas, including taxes, estate planning, insurance, cash flow, and budgeting. They even offer customized personal websites for clients. The technology of today while still maintaining that human touch. That's Cloudvestors. That's cloudvestors.com. We're back with your finances untangled. Mo Param of the fiduciary firm Cloudvestors. And again, cloudvestors.com. And you can start your uh, financial relationship 
get that accountability, that coaching in your financial life, and and just making sure that you're going in the right direction. We're looking at estate planning, certainly part of your financial plan, certainly something everyone should have. And we've already covered the will. We've covered naming guardians for your kids. We've covered designating beneficiaries, all the things you would think about uh, when it comes to estate planning. Uh, but we're going to cover, there's more to cover. There's more to consider. And let's let's start with this. This is huge. Um Making sure that you have powers of attorney in in, in healthcare and in financial matters, uh, in both. Right. Uh, so you'd be a healthcare power of attorney, and I guess a financial power of attorney. Yes, yeah. So, in the event that you can't make uh, uh, cognitive decisions on your own, then the financial power of attorney allows this person to make decisions for you on your on your financial behalf. Right? They can. Uh, look at your bank account. They can pay your bills. They can, uh, you know, basically act on your behalf on the, on your financial side. Uh, and then the healthcare, same thing. Uh, but what it does is they can make medical decisions for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's huge, right? They don't have to be the same person. You know, you may, you know, you may have your spouse as the healthcare uh, power of attorney, right? You, you know that she or he, he or she will uh, will. Uh, you know, make sure that they honor your wishes and they'll know exactly how you'd want your care to be, to, to be, how you'd like to be treated medically. But maybe they're not that great with money, right? Maybe they're just awful with money. So you, you have someone else right. making sure that they're, uh, <laughs> exactly. that your financial affairs are taking order. Yeah, you would want somebody good with money. Now, health care, okay, that's when. Well, you know, you can't make those. You need someone to, and I guess in in many ways, it's to understand your wishes when needed. Understand your, yeah, understand your wishes, make those decisions for you. Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, some people think about it as pulling the plug. Oh, this this person helped me pull the plug. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's that's you know, that's like the extreme, right? Do not resuscitate another. Do not resuscitate another one. But, you know, maybe there's a surgery that that needs to be done or some type of procedure or some medications that need to be prescribed. But you can't you literally just can't make those decisions mentally. Then you have this person that will help with the treatment of you medically. They're talking to the doctors, talking to the nurses, uh, you know, just really basically they're acting on your behalf for uh, just as you would on your own. And this is why, again, and you touched on this, I mean, it. I, I, I know we've talked about this before. Not only do people think estate planning is only for the uber wealthy, but they think, well, you got to be old to have that. But no, you really need it throughout your life. It needs to be established. Um, now, yeah, we haven't talked to age, right? And none right. of these things I mentioned said, oh, at 65, you need to do this. Or no. once you get to this amount of asset level, you can do this. No, this is things that, you know, for the most part, everyone should be doing. Right, right, uh, right. Well, we talked about when you have kids, you want to name a guardian if you and your your uh, spouse died together. So that was covered. So now, obviously, that would come as a younger adult. Um, speaking of that, not only a guardian for your kids, but what about a custodian for? I mean, the if your kids have assets, the minor children, somebody's mm-hmm. got to handle that if you both pass away. Right, right. So naming, you know, we, we do a lot of work with parents that are, you know, that are saving for their kids, either education or just want to have some funds available. So when their kids turn of age, they can, you know, they're basically setting up, setting them up for a good foundation. But, you know, the, the, these accounts are technically in the kids' names, like UTMAs. They're in the child's name. 
but you know, children can't legally go into a uh, into a contract, right? So kids can't legally do any type of investing. So you have a custodian. Typically, it's the parent, right? That's the custodian of these minor accounts. And then once the child becomes of age, the account automatically transfers to ownership to the children. Mm-hmm. But again, what happens if you pass? Well, then you want to have a custodian for those minor accounts. Because if not, then you know these accounts, depending on the institution, can be shut down. Um, no distributions can be made. Uh, and what if your child needs it, right? So again, you just want to name someone who's going to be the successor, ben, successor custodian in the event that you pass. And we've talked about this before too, and help me understand this again. When when you talk about a trust, is that part of estate planning or is a trust something separate that you would, or, or, or additional maybe that you would do creating a trust? <laughs> it, it, it is It is part of estate planning. So it's, it's part of the estate planning, uh, but it is a, I won't say it's complicated, but unless it's like a special needs trust, right? So you may have a child or a spouse that has special needs, right? So that doesn't really matter about your asset level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a charitable remainder trust, right? So that way your investments or your assets can go to a charity and avoid some taxation. So you can have you know, that put in place. But in general, a trust can be complicated or uh, I'd say more exclusive to those who are wealthy. Right. Because outside of everything else that we mentioned before with the wills and, you know, naming beneficiaries and different accounts, that's that's a really good, solid estate plan for everyone. But when you start talking for everyone. Right. But when you start talking about, well, I've got, you know, a couple million dollars of assets. I have property, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10, 15 different rental properties. I have accounts overseas. You know, all of a sudden, the complexity of your situation is magnified right by by all of these moving parts when that's where the trust can come into place right because the trust is a legal entity and depending on excuse me depending on which trust you use you know you can you can shield all of these assets outside of your personal estate right avoiding some state estate taxes for your for your uh for your for your uh surviving spouse or children Uh, there's a lot of tax management that can go into a trust so it's it's I'd say the uh, number of people who actually need a trust is very it's limited. Right. Uh, outside of those two, like I mentioned before, like a special needs or a charitable trust, but your normal irre- irrevocable or revocable mm-hmm. trust, you know, typically it's a you know higher net worth individual okay. or family that would need that. Yeah, I know we talked about the difference in revocable and irrevocable and mm-hmm. what works best for different people you know yeah like for instance uh, i have a cl- we have a client that uh let's see i think they're 60 f- let's see 65 and 62 mm-hmm. married net worth is i want to say it's somewhere between two two to two and a half million okay then they've done a great job saving uh but their kids haven't been the most prudent and financially responsible as well as their spouses, right? Mm-hmm. So what they're, they're contemplating and we're going back and forth with is creating a trust. Now, two and a half million dollars is a, you know a lot of money, but it's not you know twenty five million, right? But they're creating this trust so that uh, 
the money can go to their to their kids, but the instructions are there going to be layering, you know, when assets will be um, uh, given to them, how income is going to be provided for them, uh, almost in some areas kind of protecting them from their spouses, right? Uh, so this is, so again, different circumstances uh, could lead to one having a trust where you don't need to have, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 million dollars. But for the most part, again, the number, the the percentage of those who actually need a, a full blown trust is pretty mm-hmm. low. Okay. And and uh and that makes sense. You know, Chris Rock, I think, and I can't remember exactly, he had a like a little comedy bit he did on this. On the what's the difference in your mind between being rich and being wealthy? Or is there a difference? I know, and I can't remember his routine on that, <laughs> but it actually made uh, sense the way he laid it out. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, ooh, that's a good question. Well, and you know, no. another thing, too, and I bet you've experienced this. There's a difference between old money and new money. Oh, uh, there's a big difference. Huge big difference. Big difference. Yeah, I mean, even the mentality. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, sometimes yeah. new money, you know, it's... Uh, Generally speaking, right? Uh-huh. Sometimes it may not be as appreciated. You don't appreciate it as much as like old money, right? Because old money has been passed on from generation to generation, right? Well, well, yeah. So, so there's kind of like a, uh, you know, there's like an ownership with the family, ownership of all the work that's been done to to to, to get to this point. See, I consider and, what you're saying more is an inherited money. Well, like as opposed to the people who had to work hard to earn it oh well i think of new money as like you know someone who goes to you know who maybe you know create an app it goes yeah that's like yeah, viral that's, for exactly a, a year and then all of a sudden they sell it for you know 50 billion 50 million dollars right like wow that, that but just they were kind of like modest that. you know in income wise <laughs> modest before that modest happened. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, As opposed to old money that's just been in the family for years. It's just two different people. You know, it really is. And uh, I, I don't know. With old money, a lot of times people I've known who come from old money, you would look at them and never know that they had a, you know, a dime a oh, lot yeah. of times. Yeah. They just they just kind of like, it is what it is. <laughs> you know, that's it. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah. that money? Yeah. Throw uh, that in the fire to get the fire going a little more. <laughs> Throw some more cash in it. <laughs> you know the yacht behind me. It is. It is what it is. You know that little. That's just a little John boat, basically. <laughs> you know the other thing too is we have so many more billionaires now. So oh my gosh, de- defining yeah. wealth is just different. It's it's changing now. Who's wealthy? I mean, a billionaire would look at a multimillionaire and say, "Well, that's nice. They're really comfortable." <laughs> yeah yeah you know uh you know uh you know if someone had a hundred million dollars and all of a sudden they were you know some bad investment and they're down to like 80 million would probably freak out a million uh, a billionaire who all of a sudden woke up to a hundred million to, to having a hundred million would just would completely spaz out if they woke <laughs> you know? up oh right exactly if they were yeah, a billionaire and then it's just a hundred million Heck yeah. But think about this too. You know, like if you get up to the level of Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos and all that, losing a few billion would be like nothing. It'd be like if I lost $5, 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you think and some, about and, it, and some of and some of it, you know, some of it is, uh, you know, some some of these quote unquote billionaires, right? A lot of it is, you know, they don't necessarily have a billion dollars in cash, right? right? It's all in assets, assets and everything, right? right? So a bad, a you know, bad week of a performance from Amazon can, you know, can make his estate can, can make his net worth go up five ten percent one where swings five ten percent one way or another right right lose a billion dollars lose five billion dollars just on paper well they'll always but be it's a good problem to have though uh, it's a it? really good problem to have like imagine uh, you and i over a glass of wine and i say dave oh man can you believe these markets i this week i lost two billion dollars <laughs> I feel like, man, oh, well. can I give you a hug? I don't know what to say here. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I, you know, it would be just as bad if I tell you, oh my gosh, Mo, whew, rough week. I lost $50. <laughs> 50. <laughs> Have you ever seen $50 just go away? <laughs> All right, this is good. So estate planning, this is just one example of how it's the holistic planning that in, in that ca- that the firm can do for you. And That's cloud right. investors can ap- absolutely help you in all ways. It's all about holistic financial planning and being there with you. Human touch, the ease and convenience of virtual planning. And, uh, and, and Mo, you get the information out every week. And thank you for letting me get a little silly sometimes and so we can have fun with it. Uh, no worries. No worries. I Thanks, Dave. It. Thanks for joining me every week. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, be sure to do all the things that you'll do to make this thing just blow up. And that's um, in a good way. And that's um, like, share, rate, subscribe. Do everything, please. And tell a friend about it. And join us the next time we drop this thing called Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.